0: From today's reading from Luke, forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations. You are witnesses of these things. In the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. On November 14th, 1940, the city of Coventry in England was devastated. This was during the Second World War when firebombs dropped by German military forces left the city in ruins. In the midst of Coventry was a great church with a great name, St. Michael's. On the night of the raid, St. Michael's burned to the ground and the people were left with feelings of anger, hatred, and a desire for revenge. The next morning, the people of St. Michael surveyed the rubble, and it was noticed that two roof timbers had fallen to the ground in the shape of a cross. The two timbers were nailed together and placed atop the charred altar to bear witness to God's forgiveness. They called it the Cross of Nails. The cathedral provost at the time was Richard Howard, and he knew how badly his people were suffering. Many had lost everything, and the people wanted restitution to get back what they had lost, and for the people responsible to be punished. Howard did something risky and not altogether popular. In the plain sight of all, he walked to what was left of that sanctuary wall, and he inscribed two words that he wanted to inform his church's response. Father, forgive. When Jesus tells his disciples that they will receive power to be his witnesses, it is this message that God has forgiven the sins of the world that Jesus wants proclaim to the nations that debts have been canceled, that restitution has been made, that a cross of nails has forever removed any record of wrongdoing, and that true healing begins the moment we can look at Jesus and say what John the Baptist did, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. But of course, forgiveness, this is not our instinctual default posture. In fact, the idea that God has taken away my sins, wonderful news. But that God has forgiven all the horrible things others have done, this message does not offer the same comfort. There's that old joke about the pastor who told his church that they had to forgive their enemies. And so after the sermon he asked, now is there anyone left in the congregation who has not forgiven their enemies? Only one nice old lady, Mrs. Smith, who at 98 years old was the church matriarch, raised her hand. Mrs. Smith, said the pastor, I'm shocked. Why have you not forgiven your enemies? Because I have no enemies, she responded. Oh, really, said the pastor. And how is it that you of all people have no enemies? Easy, she said. I outlived every last one of those jerks. (laughs) Forgiveness, this has not come easily or naturally, a fact demonstrated in today's reading from Acts. The resurrected Jesus has been with his apostles 40 days speaking to them about the kingdom of God, and yet their burning question is, Lord, is this the time you will restore the kingdom to Israel? In other words, Jesus has been talking to them about turning the other cheek, about a love-filled life, about forgiveness, and about how the kingdom of God operates, but the apostles They're still more interested in the hard political realities of life. They want to talk about Israel's liberation from the oppression of Rome. Now, to remind you of the context, twice Israel had been a unified political powerhouse, first under King David and his dynasty, and later under the Hasmoneans. Babylon destroyed the first kingdom, Rome destroyed the second, And today, what the apostles want to know is, when do we get that back? When is Rome going to finally be punished for what they've done? And when will what's taken from us be restored? Have you ever asked that question in your own life? So many of us live with a story in our minds where we are the victim something happened to us something that we did not choose something that isn't fair there's anger hate maybe even a desire for revenge for whoever we have tried and convicted in our minds to be declared guilty and punished what have you lost or what do you feel life has taken away from you coventry lost their city St. Michael's lost their church. The apostles lost their kingdom. What about you? Where does your heart wonder, when do I get that back? Lord, is this the time that you will finally restore the kingdom that I have lost? So today in the Episcopal Church, we're celebrating the Feast of the Ascension, And growing up, I always thought that the ascension was really sad, that it was about Jesus leaving his disciples. It's not. The ascension is not about Jesus' absence. It's about his glorification. It's about our belief that Jesus sits at the Father's right hand, that he reigns over heaven and earth, and that the way you and I participate in his reign Again, I'll say that the way we participate in Christ's universal reign is by bearing witness to a kingdom whose identity is rooted in two very specific words Father, forgive. I once heard the true story of a rabbi who lived in a small European village, and one day he decided to summon the townspeople to the village square. The rabbi said he had an important announcement. So the people gathered, but they grumbled at the inconvenience. The merchant resented having to leave his business, the wife complained because she had errands to run, but out of respect, they went unwillingly to hear what the rabbi had to say. And when all were present and gathered together, the rabbi spoke. I wish to announce that there is a God in the world. This was all the rabbi said. But when he said it, the people understood, for they knew they had been living their life as if God did not exist. Today, we are invited to live our life as if the God we know in Jesus Christ does, in fact, exist. For when Jesus says that forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all the nations and that we are to be witnesses of these things, this is nothing less than an invitation to participate in his universal reign by living our life, forgiving other people as recklessly as God in Christ has forgiven us. And I do mean everyone the person who divorced you or deceived you the politician whose policies you deem unjust the gunman who opened fire in virginia beach on friday to hold them in your mind and in your heart and with authenticity and love to pray father forgive now to be clear i know That forgiveness is not the same thing as reconciliation. I know that forgiveness does not remove trauma. I know that forgiveness does not change the past. I'm not saying any of that is true. But what I am saying is that God has forgiven not only you, but the people in this world who have hurt you and the people you love the most. And that what needs to be crucified in each one of us is whatever it is inside our heart that kind of wishes that weren't true. That part of you that might want to live your life as if the God we proclaim did not exist. And so going back to the story I opened the sermon with, a month after that raid in Coventry, on Christmas day, Richard Howard went on national radio The broadcast took place on the church grounds amidst the ruins, and he declared to the entire world that as soon as the war was over, that St. Michael's would bear witness to the forgiveness of God, and that his church would lead the way in working with those who had been enemies to build a kinder, more Christ-like world. In 1945, the war ended, and St. Michael's made good on that promise. A likeness of the cross of nails was presented as a symbol of forgiveness and reconciliation to churches in Germany that had been destroyed by Allied bombings. St. Michael's in Coventry has long since been rebuilt, but the two words that capture the heart and soul of St. Michael's mission remain etched on that sanctuary wall. Father, forgive. And so as you leave this St. Michael's today, enjoy the forgiveness that eternally and ceaselessly flows from the cross of nails. And remember the words our Lord spoke from that cross. Father, forgive for they do not know what they are doing. For you are witnesses of these things. Amen.